0: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome.
1: in. it's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG. Trent Connor and myself with you for the next couple of hours. Plenty of football uh, coming up on the program today. Dylan Mont. by the way, all of our guests appearing on the Dr. Stephen Fuller and Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline. Two locations, East 29th Street in Des Moines, 2822 East 29th, and 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Uh, the Dr. Stephen Fuller-Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline. Dylan Monts coming up at 1225. He covers Iowa State. He's been busy. After all, they get the coaches, uh, two of them each and every single day, therefore allowing the media to write the stories and to feed the monster that is the fan base. On the other hand, Tom Cakert will go. Will join us about 1245 and try to decipher what he's seen in some of the still photos that Iowa releases and, uh, and uh, call it good. Um It's mind-numbing, Trent. It really and truly is. Maybe if we keep harping on it, the message will sink in. Iowa's been so much better in so many ways. Not this way. Um, They are falling way behind. Uh, So we'll do a lot of the needle movers in the first hour. Iowa State and Iowa. Uh, What else we got? We're going to go to Vegas. Jason Symbol, CG Technology. Mitch Holtis will join us. By the way, they play tonight at 6. What does that do for your program
2: that means I am done early, done at 5 o'clock. We'll go from 4 until 5 o'clock. Off
1: early on a Friday.
2: And my final Friday off for a long
1: time. I was about to say, you lucky duck. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> realize that part of it. Yeah, no. Um, that's true. High school football next week, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, we'll get going. I'll be up in uh, your neck of the woods, Ankeny High, Ankeny Centennial.
1: Now, are all the games 7 o'clock kicks now?
2: The Ankeny likes those early kicks. Most everybody else is. Just...
1: Well, East was seven. East, East was always. Se- I think East was the first. Okay, because I was still doing uh, down the dial, doing the football Friday nights, uh-huh. and they would start at seven. And I thought that you know they're on to something here.
2: Yeah. Now, because for most of them, there's a JV or a ninth grade game. Right, it. Sure. And you start that at 4.30, Mm -hmm. giving most people at least an opportunity to get there, but then that game goes a little bit long, right? or it just turns out to be a long game, and all of a sudden, that 7.15 or 7.30 kickoff becomes
1: 7.45, 7.50. 8
2: o'clock sometimes. I've had a couple of games that kicked off after 8 o'clock, so I get it. Start that sophomore, that freshman, Mm -hmm. that JV game a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. and make it 7.50. 7.15 is the perfect time. Try for seven o'clock. More than likely, it'll be seven fifteen. I think that's the perfect time for it. You're so, done by ten. That's what you pretty you're much like. in all circumstances.
1: I, I'm with you there. So are they? Are they fifty fifty now? Seven o'clock, 7.30s? s. Are there still the majority of them leaning or scheduling at that seven thirty kick?
2: You know, I'm looking right now, kind of across the CIML landscape, and, and they're all listed for the most part. At seven o'clock. See, that's yeah, good. pretty much everybody. The Starlets
1: started something here. They
2: did. Now Valley is still seven thirty. They are one of the few that is
1: nonconformist. One- Trent. They yes. marched to their own drummer over Brad there.
2: Rose is, and, and well, and Gary Swenson. I'm sure he's probably the one that makes that decision. He likes that seven thirty. Swenson's start- getting
1: old. He's like me. He'd like you, you'd think he'd want to get home a little earlier.
2: <laughs> right, right. That's what's Swenson. Swenson hey, not to, not to put you down or anything. No, I know. <laughs> I think he puts in a few more hours, probably. Than uh, my, my guess
1: is that indeed
2: he uh, he gets there early and he stays late, and and I know some people on that coaching staff. He still has the same drive, motivation that he did when he was thirty years old.
1: Yeah, good for him. I'm yeah. a big fan. Trent always have been and trying
2: to take down the behemoth as,
1: and that's not easy. Dowling going for one for the other thumb. Right, and uh, what you told me the last time I asked you that is. People will tell you that this is the best team that they've had during this run. That's frightening. Um, So yesterday I'm on the airplane, right? I'm coming home. We Mm -hmm. talked about the Little League World Series, and it really hadn't appeared on my radar. A, because I was out of town, and I'm assuming that there was a lot of Grandview conversation, and rightly so, uh, in the the days leading up to yesterday. So I get on the plane, I log on to my Southwest, and television, which is wonderful, makes the flight go so much faster. ESPN's available. And at two o'clock it was mid Atlantic versus Des Moines. Mm, okay. Said so that right in the right on the um channel guide on yep. my southwest. Oh, you know what? Good way to kill a couple hours. Sure. I'm gonna watch this just in case it comes up. So, two o'clock, my I think my plane left at one forty local time. So I'm up we're up in the air and everything's smooth. So I go to ESPN to watch the game. And the preceding game, which was Puerto Rico and South Korea, Trent, it went nine innings.
2: Scheduled for six.
1: Scheduled for six. It went nine. And it was long, but you know what? And so I guess moral of the story, I didn't see a pitch. Because of that. Because of that. But I watched South Korea and Puerto (laughs) Rico go extra innings. i got to be honest with you. The drama, Mm -hmm. the poor... Uh, Puerto Rican team dominating these guys, right? It, the, the, the starting pitcher had gone five and a third innings, confounding South Korea. Mm-hmm. Pitch count. Has to come out of the game. Yep. Right? One out in the sixth inning. They're final at bat. So he comes out. They, the, the The relief pitcher's got to get two outs. They got a two-run lead. It's two zip. Well, he couldn't get us two outs. <laughs> Gave up the two. Gave up the two. But this poor kid was just dumb. So anyways, moral of the story is not that a lot of people care, but South Korea comes back, wins the game when they shouldn't have. But it was a really fun game, yeah. I guess, is the moral of the story. So you sold me.
2: It's, it's entertaining. I, I just enjoy it. And the strike zone is funky. It's huge. Yeah, They want the kids up there swinging the mm-hmm. bat and help the pitcher along. I, I get a kick out of it every single year. And Iowa side, and of course the storyline that we always follow with, with the local teams there, and even if it's not Iowa, it's a Midwest team. Always rooting for them, but watching a random game between some 12-year-old kids yeah. from California and another group from Texas, I, I just enjoy it. It's, it's a rite of summer for me. Yeah. Yours is Hard Knocks. Yes. And, I, and I'm, get, I'm getting into Hard Knocks more because of you this year. Right. Kind of the same beats, but... For me, this is kind of my August thing. This is something where. Not
1: the PGA, no, not hard knocks, not the start of the NFL preseason season. I can flip
2: it on any time. Okay. Big Alice became a great character. Yeah, he's that the guy who hits dingers? Yes, he hits dingers. What, what a. Uh, he's got a great gravelly voice. If you missed it, he was on Jimmy Kimmel. Jesse is. He no. did a hit with Kimmel uh, right before the World Series a couple days back. He's uh, <laughs> good for him. Too. It's great. It really is.
1: Yeah, no, look at I was, I'm going to say into it, but it made, it, it was, um, I, I'm glad that I watched it. I'm also glad that uh, I watched the Cubs last night because, look at John Lester looked like the one of the best pitchers in the game last night, right? Mm-hmm. I know that, um, you know, that we've been, there's something wrong with him. Joe Madden. I don't believe you. We said that. And I still, Trent, after watching him last night, I'm more convinced that something was awry because you don't go from post-All-Star break, an ERA of 8.65 to striking out 8, walking... Did he walk anybody in the game last night? I don't think he did. Um, Gotta find his line. No, he didn't walk a soul. Um, Six innings, five hits, no runs, struck out 8, and looked like John Lester prior to the All-Star break, which tells me we were right. Because you don't go from being the game's best pitcher to a guy who's completely lost to a guy that looks like John Lester again. That's, that seven-game body of work is enough to tell me that something was awry. Was he tipping his pitches? Sure. Was I mean, I, I don't know what it was, but last night he was his old self
0: again, and yeah. that's what they need.
2: And it's so funny when you you listen to broadcasts and guys that are on the beat and things like that. Sometimes it's just something as simple as a grip. You're you're too deep on your two-finger two fastball. You're something's off with where you're hitting touching the seams and coming off. And, and any more, they can see that, and they can break it down, and you know your spin rate is a lot different now. Mm-hmm. And then you use the analytics of it and figure right. out what has gone wrong. Because you're right. I mean, this was from a stud. Just yeah. A
1: Cy young guy.
2: Because last year, John Lester was not who he had been. He, mm-hmm. he was not a guy that commands 20-plus million dollars a year in 2017. His overall numbers were okay. Were April
1: fine. to July this year, on the other hand. He
2: was. What's different? What Looked like a bargain. Now you go through this stretch. But but the good news is you're back to being confident again. Mm-hmm. The John Lester is the guy you hand the ball in game one, and you go from there. You're yeah, feeling good I'm about that. Cole Hamels, wherever you want to put him, you're feeling good about that. Mm-hmm. Hendricks is Hendricks. Mm-hmm. And then we get down to that number four spot. Mm-hmm. I'm t- still telling you, Mike Montgomery.
1: Who pitches tonight or tomorrow. I think, t- you know, either tonight or tomorrow. Did I bring the paper? I didn't, darn. Well, you know what? I've got a computer, Trent. You do? Yeah, and here's the thing about these computers. They actually have places you can go and you can find out this information. I know Montgomery pitches. I'm going to say tonight. Tonight's and then, Hamels. Tonight's Hamels. I was going to say the Hamels is tomorrow night, so I'm flip flop. You're Montgomery is Saturday. Against
2: uh, Musgrove today, it is Hamels against Williams for Pittsburgh. Trevor Williams, who has been pretty good himself. Not bad, not an overpowering guy by any means, but it has been pretty good for the
1: Pirates. Uh Urena gets a six-game suspension from, from Major League Baseball. What are they thinking? I mean, the, he may not even miss a start.
2: Yeah, you just push him back. You I
1: mean, just push him back, it's right? not a big deal. You, go on a, you get a week between starts. This is, this is the biggest—I mean, baseball continues to shoot itself in the foot, and here's another example of it. He was headhunting. Yes, he was.
2: He not hitting in the head. He was going no, out. No, there, there was to... intent
3: there, yes, clearly.
2: There was. Urena's been wild. But to go out there, throw the hardest first pitch
1: mm. through all season all long. All
2: season long and to do it for a guy, not because he was pimping home
1: runs. Not because he was playing well.
2: He wasn't flipping bats. He nope. wasn't jawing as he was running around the bases. He was hitting the ball well. Yeah. Sends a bad message. It does,
1: you know. Speaking of flipping the bat, we never talked about this when I was gone, and it was a big, it was a big deal in Los Angeles, obviously, because it's a boy, it's a Dodgers town. Yeah, everywhere I was, I mean, a was you couldn't get the Dodger game on Tuesday night because they're still having that big fight. This is at least three or four years.
2: Yeah, maybe fourth year of what is it? Sportsnet, whatever they
1: they do not carry the Dodger games um, Mm -hmm. out there, but on. When, when was it? Wednesday night they did. But the Hundley Puig thing, did you see that set too? I did. What was Hundley's beef? Puig was mad at himself. He filed a pitch back that he thought, and he was right on the pitch. I mean, the ball was filed straight back. He was, he was PO'd at himself for missing the ball, kind of throws his bat, catches it himself. What was Hundley's problem? He told him to get back in the box.
2: He said, stop screwing around, get back in the box for, I mean, to paraphrase, that's what he said. And I'm okay with that. I, I but he wasn't
1: it. showboating. I didn't he think that was. was showboating. It
2: wasn't anything to the Giants. All All Hunley was saying, get Get in the box, let's go. We need more people like that in Major League Baseball. To speed it along? Let's, let's get this thing going. You know, I heard a number the other... But days. was he
1: lingering? See, I didn't think he was out of... I didn't think he was wasting
2: time. Yeah, probably not. Probably not, but... This is one I don't have a problem with Hunley because we need more catchers talking to. You know, we talk about the pitch clock,
1: uh-huh. but it's not
2: just about the pitcher. It's no, there's
1: the, everything involved. You're right. In
2: fact, uh, Tom Kelly with uh, the Tom Kelly? The Tom Kelly with the Twins. One of the things to help speed up the game, I heard him talk about this. I think it was with Patrick Royce a few years ago. He said, uh, by the way, you see Roycey's going away on radio?
1: Not in print though I hope no well print's going but, away, period, yes. but you know what I mean, yeah, I did see he lost yeah. his gig yeah 1,500's kind mm-hmm. of changing something apparently right there. But, Scaling um, weight. look at it's um k K-Fan. k fans the the hundred pound gorilla, right yes. or what an eight hundred pound gorilla yeah hundred pound gorilla you might be able to <laughs> <He> <laughs> pick can move off eight hundred not so much <laughs> right,
2: and that that's what they've run into, but that aside, Tom Kelly said one thing he would outlaw to get the game speeded up feltgir. Really? No more Velcro. So no more screwing around with your batting gloves. Yeah. I don't know how you That's what.
1: What would Nomar Garcia Parra have done? Right,
2: right. But I I thought that is something I had never heard before. But you know what? (laughs) Let's do it. I I don't know what kind of... You'd have to wear basically batting gloves or like surgical gloves. You just pull them on and then they're just tight. And that's it. You're not taking him off. You
1: but. know, that's outside the box thinking <laughs> yes. hats off to him for coming up with that. If oh, indeed golly. he did. He's the first one that we heard it said, yes. so I'm going to give him credit. Uh, I, I love that one. Velcro. Get rid of Velcro. Speed up the game. <laughs> is it still a problem? I mean, I, I, I guess it is. You do that, right? Yeah, you do. take the step but out But not every pitch, do they?
2: Some do. No Nomar did. Oh, yes, he did. Well, OCD with him. Oh, without a doubt. Got to go through that same routine each mm-hmm. and every time. And he's standing yep. there with one foot out of the box. Baseball does need to speed up, though. And, and Puig aside, what was happening there, I'm fine with only. I'm fine with catchers, everybody. Let's go. Let's get yeah. this thing going. The number that I was going to tell you. So I think it was just it was 10 years ago. Yeah, two thousand no, eleven years. 2007. The average time in between pitches was 21.3 seconds.
1: So well under that shot clock.
2: Now it's up to like 24.8. And you're like, well, three and a half seconds. Yeah, but every freaking pitch. You're talking about 250, 300 pitches a mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Now add that up and mm-hmm. add those three seconds, and it adds up very quickly. Cook up the pace. Mm-hmm. You see it in minor league baseball. I call tons of high school games. Kids just get in the box, and they hit. They look down at the third base coach, they get the sign, and they hit. Get that back to the major leagues. It makes the game a lot more entertaining. Yeah. It really does.
1: Heard that a lot in the World, uh, The Little League uh, game yesterday. Play. Yeah. Play mm-hmm. uh, from the umpire. Uh, let's move on to football from last night. Disappointed I didn't see the Packers. Now, I know it was on 8.2. yes. And, you know, we're both DirecTV subscribers, meaning that you've got to have an antenna, which I do, but it's in my office. And tra- I've got to be honest with you, I I, one of the, I, I couldn't wait to get my chair. <laughs> and my chair, is not in front, my chair is in front of the, the, the DirecTV or one of them. So I didn't see any of the Packers other than watching a little bit on the NFL Network. But what I did see on the NFL Network was Aaron Rodgers in the game briefly looking a lot like Aaron Rodgers. Right, kid, yeah, and, and finding Jimmy Graham in the back of the end zone and taking a couple of hits in that football game. And then later on, I saw Josh Jackson's pick six. But more importantly, I saw Aaron Rodgers, especially more importantly, if the Packers are going to have any kind of season. Um, if you're a Packers fan, you got to, you went to bed in a pretty good mood last night.
2: Bakhtiari is getting healthy. Mm-hmm. He'll be fine. As good exactly. a left tackle as there is in the game. Bulaga has been. He was off the pup list, what, about a week ago? About a week, somewhere in there, yeah. So he's got plenty of time to mm-hmm. lead up, and he'll be ready at the right side. Yeah, they'll
1: play him in all likelihood in, in Game yep. 3.
2: Interior. Of the
1: preseason, I mean.
2: Uh, you're feeling good about the interior, mm-hmm. the offensive line. And, and Your guy
1: Adams had it. I mean, that he yes. was involved yesterday. So
2: I like Cobb. When Cobb, you know, when they've had injuries in the past, when Jordy Nelson got hurt a couple of years ago, Randall Cobb's not a number 1. But when they can play him in the slot, play him at times at flanker, move him around, get him a jet sweep from time to time every two, three games. When he's that kind of player, he's really effective. And he was banged up last year, too. Yes, so he was. You got Adams on one side. You got Cobb. You mentioned Graham. The running game, Ty Montgomery has done yeoman's work as a wide receiver moving to that position. But, you know, the young guy Williams, I, I thought, had some good moments mm-hmm, there, He did. There wasn't a whole lot there because you had Brett Hundley as your quarterback. So I think they're in really good shape. Now It's they're really banged up on the defensive side.
1: They're the team the Vikings have to beat in the North. Yes. I'm not so sure. I mean, Vegas has the essentially the, they're co-favorites, at least yeah. they were. Jason's coming on in 50 minutes or 40 minutes. We'll ask him if that's still the case. I just think the Vikings are just, they've they got more depth. they got more talent they than do. Green Bay does.
2: I like their roster a lot more. Top mm-hmm. to bottom, one through, 45 I think the Vikings are a big step up, but I like what the Packers have done their last couple of drafts on the defensive side of the ball. Now they addressed
1: the secondary in a big way.
2: Yes, and Daniels obviously has to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, without him, and he's been banged up a couple of times now here during during August camp. I think they'd be in trouble. Jake Long's out for the year. You who else? King Kevin King. Mm-hmm. Who he nice was their first year. pick last year? Yeah, he's been banged up. They can't afford injuries there. They have to have those guys healthy because offensively, I think there's enough depth and they've done it in the past with Rodgers healthy that they can get by. They can't defensively. No. If no. that defense does take a step forward and they become a top 12, 15 defense in the league overall, they got a chance. Can to they win it. 10 games?
1: Oh, yeah. You oh, think yeah. so? I think so. I think they can win 12 if they get that. Wow. Uh, if they do, is that good enough to win the division? Yes.
2: So you think the Vikings? All right, interesting. I, it would be Packers twelve and four, Vikings eleven and five, something like that.
1: Um, I I want to talk about the Jets. Not no, not those Jets. Unless you want me to, I'd no, be no. happy we're, to. We're good on Winnipeg Jets.
2: <laughs> but we'll like, talk about that again in April.
1: Okay, not till then. All right, I mean, give you. me give me five minutes. What do you give Brinson to talk NBA?
2: I give uh, Jimmy B a, a daily NBA minute. minute.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't need to do it every day, but maybe in <laughs> October I want to talk about the okay. uh, the team to beat in the NHL.
2: Team to beat. No, they are. Um The betting favorites.
1: Uh, they're you know what? I bet they're close. Yeah. Like top anyway, so here we go talking about those Jets. I'm not gonna talk I'm gonna talk about the NY Jets. Did you watch any of it last night? Quite a bit. And uh Are you rooting for Teddy Bridgewater like absolutely. I am openly rooting yes. for Teddy Bridgewater? Yes.
2: And Sam Darnold didn't have a whole lot of time early.
1: He's so gonna start there.
2: Yes, he is. Teddy like to see him find a spot
1: because I would he's too. good enough. He's I agree. Is there 32? Are there 32 quarterbacks in the league better than Teddy Bridgewater today? Because I don't think that there are
2: 32. No, no. If if you kind of broke it down that way, there's no chance. He's a top 25, maybe 20. He's good enough to
1: start in this league.
2: Yes, there's no doubt. Right. He is healthy. He's moving around. Mm-hmm. He certainly has the talent. We saw that early in his career, and you know his numbers in Minnesota that season. You look back upon them;
1: they weren't sterling. No, but they were trending up from where they They were. were. The light was starting to go on a little bit. And then the devastating injury. And then the devastating injury. He missed all the 16, and for the most part, all the 17. I'm rooting for the guy. I know he was in against twos and threes and guys that have no chance to make that team, but he put the ball with the exceptional one pass where it was supposed to be. I want this guy to play. I really and truly do. I I want him to play. I'd love him to play in Denver. I'll oh. be honest with you. Um, don't know if that's going to be the case.
2: Well, Elway, he he's he's struggling with quarterbacks. Boy, is he ever!
1: I mean, Peyton Manning fell in his lap. Yes. Um, last thing before we got to get to, but did you see Alex Smith's first? I think was the first? It wasn't the first play. It was for sure the first series. He's only played one series. Trent, he got tattooed. He did. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. That's not a penalty. It was a clean hit. It was a clean hit. Now, if you're going to call that in the preseason, okay. And I don't think I still don't think it should have been because you want these guys to learn what is and isn't going to be called, especially with all of these new rules. He didn't drive him into the ground. He didn't take an extra step. That is not roughing the passer. I'm sorry.
2: That's football today, though, with the quarterback especially. Yeah. And maybe that has something to do with the Aaron Rodgers rule from last year. Where oh, sure. Where kind of rolled into him. Same thing happened yeah. last year. It's not egregious. But that
1: was, yeah, that was okay. Uh, We're late. We're going to talk more football and do so with Dylan Mons from Iowa State. Well, he covers, he works for the Ames Tribune, uh, but he covers Iowa State. And Dylan will be here. Tom Kaker, 1245. Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG.
2: High school football each and every Friday night right here on your home for high school sports. 1700 KBGG. Friday night starting at 7 o'clock. dot com.
1: Guys, football season is approaching soon. Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, you'll be devoted to football. Do what I do. Build up that Goodwill Bank account. And here's a way you can build up that Goodwill Bank account. Take your wife or your significant other to one of the many farmer's markets located throughout central Iowa. Grimes, Indianola, Johnson, Perry, Pleasant Hill, Polk City, West Des Moines, Ankeny, Beaverdale, Bondurant, and a whole bunch of them scattered throughout Des Moines. Farmer's markets continuing through the whole month of August for more information.
4: That's 729 or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof
5: it right, right roofing.
4: Pros and a no
6: start with Lowe's Because at Lowe's, it's easy to find the right tools for the job at the right price. And now you can get up to 30% off select cordless drills and combo kits, including savings on trusted brands like Hitachi, Porter Cable, DeWalt, and Cobalt. Plus, get in and out quickly with help from dedicated associates at our Pro Desk and Pro Checkout. So, Pro, now that you know, start with Lowe's. Offer Val through August 19th. While supplies last, see Store for details.
2: That's 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness Centers Let's feel better together and turn over a new leaf with New
6: Leaf Wellness Iowa Baseball Company.
2: In 2014, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge resulted in more than $220 million in donations to ALS charities around the world. The Every Drop Adds Up campaign was created as a way to continue the movement. This year, the ALS Association Iowa Chapter has added a new event. Bucket Your Boss will take place on Monday, August 27th at Cowles Commons in downtown Des Moines. Local companies can nominate a boss to be soaked in the fountain, all while their employees get to watch. To learn more about the event or register, visit ALS. LSAIowa.org.
4: Cap is back
2: an old favorite is back again with the new and updated menu, Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu, made from scratch everyday recipes that have stood the test of time. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's, Merle Hay Road. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road.
0: It's time for your daily dose of cyclone coverage on 1700 KPGG.
1: Hi, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Trent and I until 2, about 15 minutes away from Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com on Iowa. Right now, Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune. He covers Iowa State, AmesTrib.com. To read Dylan's spectacular coverage of Iowa State, chock full of plenty of quotes from position coaches, because after all, Iowa State makes their coaches available on a daily basis. Am I twisting the knife enough? Do you think they get the message, Steve Rowe, over in Iowa? Open it up a little bit. Open it up a little bit. Dylan Trenton-Candy, you're fortunate, you and the Iowa State media. You guys understand that, right? That you don't have to look at still pictures like our friends over in the eastern part of the state to try and write a piece. Coaches actually come out and talk to you guys. What a concept, Dylan.
7: Yeah, it's certainly a luxury for me. I know we're trying to fill as much content as we can for the next week or so before the season actually gets here with, um, you know, game week. So it's been great because you can kind of uh, take a little bit of a deeper dive into some of these guys that have been talked about by coaches in the past, but now you actually get to talk to them up front, talk to position coaches, kind of really break down what's what's been going right, what they need to work on. So it's it's been great, and I do do feel fortunate that – um, we've we've gotten the
2: the kind of access we have, Dylan. Uh, this week, uh, you as you've gone through these different assistants. Yeah, I've been reading all your work. You're doing a great job. What's the biggest kind of surprise to you? It feels like you know we all. When you're talking about a team, writing about a team day in and day out, you get a fe- good feel for things. Was there? What's the most surprising element you found out this week about the Cyclones?
7: Yeah, I think that's a good question. I'm trying to run through it all in my mind. Um, probably. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the middle linebacker position mm-hmm. or that third linebacker spot and then what's going to happen there. And I think people have kind of um, come around to the idea that o. Ryan Vance is probably going to be the guy. It's certainly trending that way. But the fact that uh, Mike Rose was mentioned, uh, a true freshman, um, I, I think kind of stood out to some people because I do think, um, you know, they want to preserve as many of those records as they can for those guys. But the fact that he's kind of inserted himself into the conversation Um, was a little bit interesting, and and I think kind of across the board, um, Iowa State's really kind of been able to build some depth there, uh, whether it's on the offensive line where uh, uh, Coach Jeff Myers said they could probably play seven, eight guys right now and feel pretty comfortable, and the same on the defensive line. They probably have, um, you know, eight or nine guys they could go with. So I think those are probably kind of the big overall takeaways that I've gotten. and and the quarterbacks are kind of the same thing. Those guys talked about it the other day that – They really kind of feel good about the room right now, and I guess everybody probably does at this point in the year, but um, I do think when you kind of look at the depth chart or look at the numbers, the depth is is kind of different from what it was the last couple.
1: You know, and uh, at risk of asking a question you and Trent talked about uh, earlier in the week as I was out of town, Dylan, I'm going to do it anyways. I hope I don't overlap here. But, you know, pursuant to that quarterback, Nolan's number two, correct? And then it gets kind of up in the air as to, you know, who's going to be that number three guy at this point. Is Nolan entrenched at number two?
7: Yeah, I think Nolan is pretty clearly the number two guy um, just because of his experience last year. and. Um, he even talked about that the other day, that that was kind of an eye-opener for him. Um, when now he goes into the off season and he goes to break down film with Kyle Kampter, he talks to coaches, he can kind of have something to remember or look back to uh, as an experience and kind of inform what he kind of goes about correcting or working on in the off season. But like you said, after that, I think um, they could go a number of ways. Uh, Real Mitchell is a guy, obviously, we talked about a million times. Um, and it sounds like he's been able to run the ball really well in some of the workouts they've done in in scrimmage situations, but I think Brock Purdy is a name to keep an eye on as a guy that would uh, be the true number three quarterback if they were going to have a guy as a pocket passer that sits back in there and tosses it around a little bit. So uh, they haven't come out and said anything like that, but I think um, that's kind of the feel I get from it. Um, So if they get to that situation, it'll be interesting if it's a, um, you know, mop-up duty or, or whatever whatever the case is. I think it's something to keep an eye on.
2: You know, we talk about Akeem Butler, a lot out there, kind of replacing the production of Alan Lazard, but underneath, Iowa State's had a lot of productive guys over the last two years. We see the graduation of Trevor Ryan. It looks like, well, of course, Deshante Jones then would get more snaps, but maybe that's not going to be the case. Mm. Uh, a youngster, Tariq Milton, we talked about him a lot during the spring are we right back to kind of where we were, two guys sharing that slot, the M position in the Iowa State offense?
7: Yeah, it sounds like they're they're splitting time a little bit there, but the interesting thing about those two guys is it sounds like they do pretty different things, where Deshante, he's he's kind of that quick guy. He can get outside and go horizontal and, and work the game that way a little bit out in the flat. But Tariq, it sounds like, can do some of that, but his game really kind of extends down the field where you toss it over the middle. Um, he can play outside receiver probably a little bit, too. So they have a little bit of contrasting styles, but I do think they can complement each other pretty well, and you could even see them in the game at the same time, I would think, if Milton was outside and, and Deshante Jones was inside. But I think they're really happy with what both of those guys bring to the table right now, especially um, you know, people consider Deshante Jones having a down year last year, but it doesn't sound like he's really skipped a beat in terms of, of coming back ready and, and improving on on kind of the foundation he had from a couple of years
1: ago. Uh, what about Matthew Eaton? He's another guy, right, as we uh, try to forecast who's going to be, you know, an impact player this year. He, he found the end zone a handful of times last year. Uh, apparently the coaches are uh, very high on him coming into his senior season, and he's got a guy behind him too in, in Landon Acres who's pressing him for time. Uh, good problem to have. What about Eaton Acres as they battle?
7: Yeah, I actually just wrote about Matt Eaton the other day. Um, apparently, um, I don't know if it was this week or at the end of last week, but Brian Gaster, the wide receivers coach, had every, all the all the guys in that group sit down in the film room, and they watched every single snap of, of Eaton's uh, practice that day just to kind of show the things he does, the things he picks up on or sees out on the field. But, and I think um, he's really kind of accepted that, that role as kind of the, the redshirt senior, the older guy of the group that can really kind of shoulder um, some of those questions that those younger guys will answer, along with the uh, younger guys will ask. Excuse me, along with Sakeem bowler I think those guys kind of provide some stability there. And, and now that Eaton's healthy, I think it's a big deal for him. And Landon Acres, I think, has probably been one of the more um, surprising names that we've heard um, through all of fall. But he's a guy that came in um, noted for his speed, and I think that's kind of shown up on the field. And you know, he's he's worked out some special team stuff too. It sounds like, so I think you'll see him. Um, you know, a, a decent amount, at least swapping in and out and, and getting some reps with the offense, because it does sound like his speed can be such a weapon.
1: Uh, Mike Warren, uh, apparently, his um, look—he's he's, he burst onto the scene, had a fantastic freshman season. Unfortunately, those carries haven't been there. As David Montgomery is one of the best running backs in college football. Um, Mike Warren is is he really moving over? At least are they kicking the tires on moving him to the safety position and, and if so, what does that mean? Is uh is that a concern that we when we knew we had to, they were gonna replace both of them, lost both of them to graduation, uh but Eisworth's a guy that a lot of people are talking about. Mike Warren to safety. Is that a concern or is that we just gotta find a way to get this guy on the field? Is it legit? Are they gonna use him on special teams? Give us the latest there.
7: Yeah, I, I think you said it just right there. I think they're just looking for a way to get him on the field in some capacity. Uh, you know, Matt, Matt you will know, we'll talk all the time about if you're a guy that can help us in some way, um, you know, we're not afraid to kind of tinker with, with maybe the idea of, of what you can do out there or what you thought your role was. And um, I, I think it's probably um, something that would be a little bit telling about where he is in the depth and um, and the, the rank, I guess, amongst the running backs right now just because that room is so deep. So I think um, it doesn't sound like he spent a ton of time in that safety room working with those guys, and it sounds like it's kind of just cropped up here um, in fall camp. So I think you'll see him probably on special teams, maybe as a gunner, uh, as, as kind of one of those guys that you ask to just you know, run to the football and, and, and get there. But I think it does come down to they want to find a role for him, red um, redshirt senior year. Uh, so I think it's just about getting him on the field and, and seeing if he can help produce. Uh, in some way, even if he's not getting carries in
2: in the backfield. In the era of everybody being put on watch lists here through the (laughs) months of July and August, a shocker the other day, the new punter for the Cyclones, Corey Dunn, is on the Ray Guy Award watch list. That aside, Dylan, any talk, expectations, replacing a four-year starter and a pretty good one over at that punter position? What do you know about Corey Dunn?
7: Yeah, he came over from Australia a couple years ago and went to City College of San Francisco. Spent Mm -hmm. a year there and redshirted before getting to Iowa State. And I think um, what Joe Houston, the the special teams coordinator, talked about the other day with Corey Dunn is is his accuracy. He's kind of like one of those guys. um, I don't know if anybody's played Madden, but Mm -hmm. when you go and do that drill where um, you try to hit coffin corners and and hit in the zone, he's kind of like that. And he actually even worked out with Landon Akers, it sounds like, a little bit this off season where um, they do what they call playing catch, where um, Dunn would kind of try to punt the ball to him and a, a certain spot and Akers would work on fielding it and stuff, and they just kind of go back and forth like that for, for quite a while. So I think uh, accuracy is his biggest thing, and um, the last couple of years has been an adjustment kind of coming over from Aussie rules football to American football, but uh, I, I think as he's kind of worked with Coach Houston and, and kind of been around the team, um, he's kind of honed it a little bit more. So it'll be interesting to see him the first time, but um, it sounds like uh, accuracy, like I said, is, is one of his biggest traits.
1: Great stuff, Dylan Montz. We will talk to you early next week. com to read Dylan, Travis Hines, the entire paper. Uh, Dylan Montz on the Iowa State beat. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate it. You got it, guys. Thank you. Yeah, Good to talk to you, Dylan Montz. Ames, Trib. How about that? When we talked to special teams coach Joe Houston earlier this week.
2: Yes, you get that. You get that, Trent. We're not going to hear Tom Caker say when we talk to special teams coordinator, of our Woods. Right,
1: anybody. No,
2: it was, well, when I saw this picture. Right. You know, I, I saw. The ball looks like it comes
1: off his foot. Gersande, boy. I mean, that leg was extended in that still photo. Right. He's going to be a star. Look out <laughs> for him. Uh, don't have to look for Tom Caker very far. I mean, he's going to join us next. We will talk Hawks with Tom. Jason Symbol leads off the one inside the numbers in Vegas. Mitch Holtis is here. Bama Bob is here. Trent and I are here. Until two, it's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG.
0: You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG.
2: wolfconstruction.net
1: Suicide prevention starts with everyday heroes like you. Join us on Sunday September the 16th at DMACC campus in Ankeny as we walk to fight suicide and raise awareness about mental health. Be a part of a movement turning hope into action and create a culture that's smart about mental health. Funds raised at the Walks will benefit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. You can find out more by going to afsp.org
8: Coffee shop?
5: Gas station, grocery store, Polly's Palace of Fine Coats. One of these purchases is not like the others. Sound suspicious? We thought so too. Today, we're recommitting to you and continuing to help keep your money safe. Like alerting you to certain card activity we find suspicious. If it's not your purchase, we'll help you resolve it. Wells Fargo. Established 1852. Re-established 2018. Availability may be affected by your mobile carrier's coverage area. Wells Fargo Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Hey golfers, golf headquarters 2900 University Clock Tower Square West Des Moines is having its annual August $500,000 liquidation sale. Golf headquarters needs room for the new full merchandise. Titleist Pro V1 reloads $18.88 a dozen. Cobra Max T-Driver $199.99 Odyssey Pro Putter on special for $99.99. Golf headquarters golf clothing all on sale 20 to 60% off. Golf bags starting at $69.99. Callaway X-Irons now $398. Golf headquarters August blowout starts now in stock only. But Joy Superlight Golf Shoe On Closeout for $58. Callaway Heavenwood $139.99 TaylorMade Golf Balls only $14.99 a dozen. Don't forget that Golf Headquarters does launch monitor club fitting and it's free with purchase. Check out their five-star Google fitting reviews. Golf Headquarters, 2900 University Clock Tower Square, half a million dollar August blowout starts now in stock only. Come early and get the best selection of closeout merchandise. Golf Headquarters August blowout starts now. Call 255-4433 for fitting time.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Defend your vehicle from harmful elements and restore shine with Armor All Original Protectant. For a limited time, O'Reilly Auto Parts has a great deal on a 16-ounce bottle of Armor All Protectant for $4.99. Renew, revitalize, and protect your vehicle with Armor All Protectant. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day.
3: Oh, oh,
0: oh,
7: O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
3: Are
1: you looking for a way to give back to the community and have some fun at the same time? The Timothy Yates Hagan Humanitarian Foundation has an event for you. The third annual Tim Hagen Golf Classic will be held at Copper Creek Golf Course in Pleasant Hill on August the 25th at 8 a.m. Up to 25 four-player teams will compete with proceeds going towards pancreatic cancer research at John Hopkins. Water sustainability efforts in Tanzania through Save the Rain and Dream Team Des Moines. Sign up now at tyhfoundation.org. Spots are going fast
7: you ever wonder what you look like with a full natural head of hair we'll find out mr executive lets you try before you buy get real hair again and a lease with options mr executive offers a 90-day lease for just 200 dollars
2: Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty is a full-service residential realtor serving all of Central Iowa. She specializes in new construction, relocation, acreages, single-family, and condo townhouse sales. Stephanie Goodhue, a buyer's agent and a seller's agent, along with a member of the National Association of Realtors and the Des Moines Area Association of Realtors. Let Stephanie provide a free market analysis if you're considering selling your home. Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty. She will lead you home.
0: It's time for your daily dose of Hawkeye coverage on 1700 KBGG.
1: Hi, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Now, i got to ask you, Trent. Are you you and Tom going to have your usual set, too, once the uh, non-conference basketball schedule comes out? Last year I sat and it was like I was listening to a tennis match back and forth. Tom would volley, then you'd return, then Tom would volley. Do you want to get that out of the way?
2: Well, we can save it. We can save it here. Football, I know, is at the forefront of things. But, well, you heard us before we even came on the air here. Tom and I were already starting our debate. Tom Caker, What's happening?
3: It's because I'm, I'm doing a little uh, column thing on just kind of a variety of different things, and one of them is the Iowa non-conference hoop schedule that I happen to be writing about <laughs> as the phone rings. I'm like, I'm thinking about Trent. I'm thinking about Trent.
2: <laughs> Tom, all right, th- here's the argument. My argument isn't that Iowa shouldn't play by games, that their non-conference schedule should be packed full of everybody, the who's who of college basketball. It's not that. It is the sheer volume that Iowa plays of the worst of the worst. Bring in a bye game against Ohio U, a mid-level MAC team, Akron, schools like that. Yes, have a couple of Savannah States, have a Bryant in there, but not all four or six games that you control. That's always been my argument, Tom. Just do better in your bye games.
3: Well, uh, here's the thing that that I look at with the schedule, and it is that there's only 11 non-conference games now. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you're essentially adding two higher level games. Cause you're going to be playing two big 10 teams instead of two bad teams. Um, and you look at the schedule this year, they've Fran really only controls, uh, four games that he could schedule. Now he scheduled cupcakes. I'll say that. I mean, you know when western carolina is the best of the bunch that's not a good bunch but the umkc and the green bay games are part of the 2k classic the 2k people schedule those it's beyond iowa's control mm-hmm. um, the big 10 acc again if i were better last year they'd face somebody better than a really bad pit team
1: mm-hmm. that's true uh
3: iowa state uh and i you're you're just you're tied in there um so then you're just left with those four other games, and you have to remember at some point you just kind of want to have some games that you can kind of breeze through because that stretch. I mean, November 15th, other than um, the game against Alabama State on on the 21st, you know, through that period, you got to factor in between November 27th and December 6th. There's going to also be two Big Ten games, so you're going to have Pitt two Big Ten games, Iowa State, UConn, or Syracuse Syracuse and Oregon in that stretch. That's a pretty healthy stretch of basketball right there.
2: The the one thing you mentioned, the Big Ten, I think the release will be Tuesday, the basketball schedule release. Last year it was, what, either played Friday, Sunday, or Saturday, Monday, I think it was. Are we looking at something similar here this season for those first two uh, Big Ten games?
3: Yeah, I would guess Iowa, given that they're playing – Thursday against Iowa State, they're probably going to want them to be Saturday, Monday, mm-hmm. to give them time for prep. Uh, that, that's that's my guess, is yes. um, is they'll look at that. But they might not because, you know, Iowa's going to be at home against Iowa State so they don't have to travel. So that might factor into it, too, that they'll do it a little differently. But, yeah, I would think Saturday, Monday is the most logical um, way to look at it. You um, remember, you remember and you- don't be su- don't be surprised if they do something, because they did this last year. If they think there's a chance that you know an Iowa could be in a Big Ten title game against somebody from like an Ohio State or a Michigan State or um, Penn State or somebody like that, don't be surprised if they pair Iowa with one of those schools. So Because that's also a Big Ten championship Saturday, and they tried to do that last year. Uh, kind of pair up potential opponents so if they end up playing each other in indianapolis and football they'd have the basketball game earlier that day
1: remember the the last year we, we when the wheels when it started to become apparent to whoops we might have missed on this team they played in that uh holiday tournament they played in the seven eight game and then started big ten play oh and two lost both of those games and we're thinking Holy mackerel! Uh, this is going to be—I'll never forget it. Uh, Tom, um, yeah. are you guys ready to talk football, or would you like anything no, else? No, Trent, no, you, no, It's good. It's you're good. good? Okay, uh, Tom. So, uh, it's been—it's been a week um, since uh, you know last Saturday. You guys had the uh, the kids' day, which is such a great event. Um, you haven't had any opportunity to talk to coaches since then. When will you, for the first time, Tom? Um, have you got anything scheduled coming up next week? Do you get any coordinators?
3: I. I think last year, you know, they did the, the thing, and and Steve Rowe indicated that uh, the SID indicated that there was going to be something this coming week, and they did that last year. And it was kind of when they announced the quarterback stuff and and everything, and just kind of got things out of the way, and we got Phil Parker and Brian Ferentz and Kirk. So I think maybe they'll try and do something this week with all three of those guys.
1: What was your biggest takeaway from last Saturday, Tom? Um.
3: Boy, that's a good question. I, I would guess, uh, well, two things. One, um, the north end zone, I, I, I should, cause I've glossed over this and I wrote about it today. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting this in the column, but, um, it, it's going to make a difference and it, it's, it's just higher. It feels more kind of wrapped in and it's going to be louder in Kinnick, even though there'll be less people. Um, and you can't see the water tower from the, the Iowa sidelines. So there's mm-hmm. no Tigerhawk because mm-hmm. because it's built up so high um, that so now they've got to raise the water tower. That'll be the next, uh,
1: <laughs> no, <yeah>. right. <laughs> right.
3: Raise, raise that'll be the next fan complaint. We got to raise the water <laughs>
1: yeah. tower. yeah. Make it
3: higher. Make it make it fifty feet higher so we can see it. Um, I thought the offense actually looked pretty good, and I normally don't come away from Kids Day thinking that the offense is good. Uh, now I'll reserve that to just the first unit because the second unit was not very good. Um, but I thought the first team, when they came out and they drove the ball and, you know, probably ran eight, 10 plays and, and move the ball. I thought it was really good, uh, including two passes to fullbacks. So that's Iowa football, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if you're, you want a concern uh, the wide receivers were pretty much non-existent hmm. and, that, that's that got to be a concern uh, because that's one area that I think all of us wanted to see. And those guys just didn't get many thrown their way. They didn't make many plays. It just, you know, the usual suspects showed up. The uh, Running backs were catching balls. Uh, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, tight ends were catching balls. But wide receivers, not so much.
2: That's not good. You mentioned uh, the running back position. Is this going to be kind of cut up three ways like we saw a couple years back? Is it? Sergeant, right up there. How would you break it down? Maybe percentage-wise, running back carries for Young, Ivory Kelly, Martin, and the, and the new guy, Mackay Sergeant.
3: Um, boy, it's it's going to be interesting because I kind of thought coming into the year, just based on how the spring ended and uh, what Coach Foster had said, I thought they were leaning towards torn Young kind of being the guy. who bragged up his pass catching, and I thought, well, maybe this is going to be a little different. He's going to be the workhorse. Uh, and then Ivory Kelly Martin comes out and looks great, and Mackay Sergeant looks great. Torn Young doesn't get a lot of work, but I think that may have been by design, uh, just to kind of give him a day off, uh, and he might be dinged up a little bit. So now I'm kind of to the this is 2015 where you're going to have you know three different guys out there that could do things, and uh, they're all kind of different. So I really like the Sergeant Kitties. Uh, you know, kind of um, uh, Fred Russell-ish in the way he runs. And uh, Ivory Kelly's really good, and uh, Torn Young's kind of their, their bulldozer. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm at. I don't know what the percentage will be. I think it's hot hand mm. uh, based more than anything else.
1: Mm. Uh, Matt Hankins is a guy we saw a little bit of last year, and we saw some bright spots, quite frankly, with him. Tommy, I only have sixty seconds left. Is he maybe one of those guys on defense that? Um, you no, know, he's not flying under the radar, but we're going to notice him a lot more, maybe than we thought, and in a positive vein. Uh, what about Hankins? You're in a lot of good things. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think he's got a chance. He's a really quiet kid. Uh, we got to talk to him for the first time at media day, and really understated kind of a little bit like a Josh Jackson in that way that he's not a scintillating interview and not a a kind of a cocky corner but he's just a a kid who you know just came in and he was kind of flying under the radar coming in other guys were probably hyped up a little bit more than he was and he's come in and just done the job and I know Phil Parker really likes him and uh, I think he and Michael Ogimudier are going to be the Uh, Two guys, but keep an eye on Julius Brent, the true freshman. He looked pretty good, too.
1: Name to keep in mind. Thank you, Tom Cakert. We will talk to you next week. We'll read about the non-conference portion of the basketball schedule in glowing terms and have Trent uh, talk behind your back when you're not
3: here. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. He always does anyway. Yes, he does. (laughs) Only
1: good things. Only good things. Good to talk to you, Tom. We'll talk to you next Friday.
3: Okay, take care.
1: Tom Cakern, HawkeyeReport.com. One o'clock hour off to Vegas, off to Atlanta, where Mitch Holtis will join us. And Bama Bob joins us on college football. Trent and I are back. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG.
0: You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG.
8: It's the Ford Summer Sales Event. And now, while selection is best, it's the best time to buy. With amazing offers across a full lineup of Ford vehicles, now is the time to make summer go right with Ford, America's best-selling brand. Stop by a local Ford store or shop online at buyfordnow.com because there is no better time than right now to get behind the wheel of a new Ford during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Summer sales event is here. Right now, get 0% APR financing for 72 months plus $1,000 Ford credit bonus cash on a great lineup of Ford SUVs. Best selling claim based on 2017 calendar year sales. Not all buyers qualify for Ford credit financing. 72 months at 1389 dollars per month for $1,000 finance regardless of down payment. Not available on Expedition. For all offers, take new retail delivery from authorized Ford dealer stock by 831.18. See dealer or go to buyfordnow.com for qualifications and details.